You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you're indeed Locked On Magic. Today is July 9th, 2018. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. And it turned out to be a very busy weekend for the Orlando Magic. We'll recap everything that happened This weekend on the court, as well as off the court, coming up here in the next half hour or so. But of course, the whole NBA is out in Las Vegas right now for Summer League. I'm still at home in Orlando. Sorry sorry about that. Um, But lots going on in in Summer League. If you want the complete recap from Summer League, check out Locked on NBA. You can subscribe to that on iTunes. iTunes, uh, uh, download that where you find your podcasts and and definitely check out this. They'll be doing some great stuff, I'm sure, covering the NBA. And of course, if you're any interested rookies you're interested in, whether it's DeAndre Ayton or Jaron Jackson Jr. or Wendell Carter Jr. or Trey Young, check out the individual podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. Every NBA team has a podcast, so there'll be other great analysis of what's going on around the league if you check out the Locked On Podcast Network. You can find them all on iTunes. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for or Locked On NBA. Two major things happened over the weekend that we'll talk about here in the next half hour or so. Um, First, the Magic played their first two Summer League games out in Las Vegas. We'll recap those in just a bit. And then, of course, the Magic also traded Bismack Biombo to the Charlotte Hornets, acquiring Jerry and Grant and Timothy Mozgov in the process. We'll break down that trade and what it means for the Orlando Magic in just a bit as well. But I want to start with Summer League because that's a, a much more, I guess, pressing, much more... Um, much more important, I think, is thing for the Magic, and 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 the way the Magic have played at Summer League has been intriguing to say the least, and impressive as well. Orlando defeated the Brooklyn Nets eighty six to eighty in their opener on Friday. Jonathan Isaac with twenty points, seven for seventeen shooting. Muhammad Bamba looked good in his debut. Isaiah Briscoe proving to be. Uh, a little bit of a revelation, able to get to the basket and, and hit shots at a decent enough clip to lead the team in scoring that game as well. It, it was just an overall, I would describe it as a, as a good performance. Um, I think when I when I went back and watched the game, I, I, I said, you know, the Magic weren't spectacular, but they were solid. And, and, and in Summer League, maybe that's all you can ask for. It's, it's not, again, I always say this about Summer League, it's not about who can play, it's about figuring out who can't play. And so as long as you look like you can hold your own, I think you're okay generally, especially for some of the guys that are more important for the Magic and, and Muhammad Bamba and Jonathan Isaac especially. Both of them more than held their own. I think Isaac was was very good. Uh, tried to search, was searching for a shot, which I think is something the Magic want him to do. I think they want him to be a little bit selfish with a shot and just take... And just get those shots up and get that get that experience out there. And I thought he settled a little bit too much in the fourth quarter, especially. But Isaac overall, very, very good. Very impressive with the amount of jumpers he was able to make. A lot of them contested, just shooting it over smaller defenders. It was, it was a really impressive performance from Jonathan Isaac. I really liked um, what he brought to the table that game. And I really liked, that, liked the way that he played it. And really, he's looked impressive on offense for the most part throughout the summer league, through the two games so far. He's... He looks a lot more comfortable with the ball in his hands. Looks more willing to take shots, whether they're smart shots or not, is another question entirely. Uh, but he's generally, I think, showing the aggression and the aggressiveness that you want to see. Maybe not getting the exalt, the results that you want. He was seven for seventeen in Friday's game. He shot, I think, four for eleven in in Sunday's game. So not the most efficient performance from Jonathan Isaac, but again, um, getting a lot on that end. 
Muhammad Bamba, I thought, looked comf looked like he was getting his feet wet, a little bit jumpy, a little bit, little bit fidgety. Got a three to go down, got a few jumpers to go down. Uh, but overall, again, just solid. I wouldn't call it spectacular. Defensively, though, um, you could tell the defense jumped up a notch when Bamba and Isaac were on the floor together. Um, they really do a good job keeping uh, opponents away from the basket. But the real, I think the real sign and the real moment of optimism came Sunday. The Orlando Magic defeating the Memphis Grizzlies 86-56. to They hold the Grizzlies to 20% shooting from beyond the arc and just 43% shooting from the floor overall. It looked like it was a fight to get to 50 points and you could just visibly see the frustration from Memphis as they could not break down Orlando's defense. From the very first play of the game, Jaron Jackson Jr. tries to shoot a floater over Jonathan, over Jonathan Isaac, and Mo Bamba and Isaac both get a hand on it. And if I think I think I credited the block to Bamba. I didn't go back and look at the replay, but um, I credited the block initially to Bamba and then joked, if Bamba weren't there, Isaac would have finished it off. In fact, Jaron Jackson Jr., who has been very impressive throughout the summer league, the third overall pick in the draft, he only, he only shot one of seven in this game. Bamba had a block. Isaac had five blocks. Melvin Frazier Jr. had two blocks. This was a devastating defensive performance from Orlando. This was a, um, a, a really hallmark performance on national TV, on ESPN2, with Doris Burke and Mark Jones both talking glowingly about the Magic's future. Jeff Waltman joined the, joined the broadcast in the third quarter. So if you care about perception and getting publicity during Summer League, the Magic are getting it. And they're playing really, really well in the process. So no complaints at all about how the Magic are playing and, and what they're doing on the floor uh, here. It, you know, it, it, you don't want to get too far ahead of yourself, but Isaac looks really good defensively. We knew that he was, and, and he looks more sure of himself and confident uh, than, than he had before. He's he's just a really good player. I mean, or he has the potential to be a really good player. We know this. Uh, and and it looks like he's he's you know with a little bit of opportunity to to be in the gym and work on his game he's taken a step up. Now Bamba looks like his presence alone is going to impact games. Uh, I mean I think that's very very clear defensively especially he's just so big that that you, a you notice him he's there and b he just changes so many shots and so much and it's just everything that you imagine. Offensively, yeah, he's he runs. He's not going to be able to do a lot offensively yet. A lot of pick and pops, maybe some pick and rolls. Um, run the floor, go end to end, try and collect offensive rebounds. He's still going to get mountain muscled around a little bit down there. But um, Bamba, he he definitely is something. He definitely seems like he's he's going to be able to put some tools together. He's hit a couple threes. Looks really looks really good overall. But what I really am intrigued by and what I think is the most encouraging thing is that defense overall. It's not just Isaac and Bamba. They are two elite-level defenders, and they make the Magic's summer league defense, at least, elite. You can tell there is a difference when they are on the floor. Teams do not go into the paint. They do not score in the paint when Isaac and Bamba are on the floor together. The Magic have done such a good job collapsing the paint, surrounding and, and enveloping, really, ball handlers who venture in there, and forcing them to make difficult passes back out to the perimeter where they've got the speed and length to recover. This is how the Magic want to play defense. If, if you ask me, this is the vision of length and athleticism that Jeff Weltman and John Hammond have for this team. That they'll be able to just lock down 
everyone by their mere presence on the floor. They'll be able to get out to those defenders and get out to to everyone. And again, just make life really hard. You could again, you could you could see Memphis, the Memphis players getting visibly frustrated by just the intensity that the Magic played at. This is a foundation, of course. This is a foundation. Summer League is a foundation. It's not a final thing. It's 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 the building blocks, the beginning of the building blocks. Not even the the beginning. It's the pre-beginning of the building blocks for the regular season. But if this is how the Magic want to play, A, it's going to take a lot of commitment. And B, they have to have the players really playing at this high intensity. And, and the Magic are doing that right now. Isaac and Bamba are obviously the keys to all this. Frazier was really good. Wesley Awundu was really good um, in that in that moment too. Or throughout throughout this 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 uh throughout this whole thing. And so the magic are the magic are playing defense at a really high level, especially for Summer League. And this is what they want to be. This is who they want to be. And they're getting the results. They're devastating teams. And so, if, again, if this is what this is, this is ultimately who they want to be. They are a really dangerous team. All of a sudden, now, of course, summer league doesn't always translate to the regular season. So I don't want to get too hyperbolous here. I don't want to give into hyperbole too much. Isaac's shot is better, but efficiency's not there. Bamba has got a long way to go offensively, and while I think he's he's shown a willingness to be physical. It's going to be difficult for him to be successful with that with his with his frame right now. He's got to continue putting on muscle. But overall, overall, the Magic's most impressive thing has been their defense. They are really good defensively. And that is a great place for them to start. Before we get into that trade, I want to run through the final stats from Sunday's game. I'm not going to go too far into Friday's game. It's just too too far in the distant past right now. Um, looking at the box score for the Orlando Magic again. Let's take a look at this here. Orlando gives up just nine points in the second quarter. When they really took the lead, it was tied at halftime. So they took an 11-point lead, or tied after one quarter. They took an 11-point lead in the half, and the lead expanded from there. Some final stats for you. Jonathan Isaac, 4 for 11, shooting 7 rebounds, 5 blocks, and uh, plus 28 on the game. 12 points for Isaac. Um, really, I mean, the, he's willing to shoot, which I think is what the Magic want him to do. They want him to be looking for a shot, and he's settling a little bit too much for his mid-range jumpers in both games. Um, he, he has the length and the height to get it over a lot of people, but... Jaron Jackson Jr. challenged his shots really, really well. It was about the only good thing Jaron Jackson Jr. did on this game was challenge Isaac's shots, make him make it more difficult. And so Isaac's got to find a way to either get to the basket, create more space, or move, keep move, keep the ball moving. And I think when the regular season comes, he'll keep the ball moving. I think he'll make the right decision right now. He's He wants to take those shots. But um, I thought that Isaac... Um, I thought Isaac overall was... was, was Better, obviously, really good defensively. Five block shots. He was active and engaged, and and just a terror. And you know, we know he's a high level defender. He's probably already the best uh, perimeter defender on the team. But 
I think that uh, that Isaac, um, I, I think that Isaac's shot is going to come. It's still a work in progress. It's going to take a little bit more time for it to be ready. Um, it's better for sure, um, but I think right now he's settling a little too much for his mid range jumper, falling a little bit in love with that. Muhammad Bamba, eleven points, five for eight shooting, five rebounds, just a block shot for him. That that I don't think that really goes into the impact that he had in this game. Um, I thought Bamba was was really good. He still. You, you can still see how raw he is offensively, but he runs the floor really, really well, and that's that's important. He will hit the jumper if you leave him open. Uh, I think that's a good thing that he's confident in, that he's bringing out in these games. Um, you're not going to be able to dump it to him on the block yet, so he's going to be limited to pick and rolls. His offensive game plan is going to be very, very limited. Defensively, he is everything that was advertised so far, at least in Summer League. Um, definitely a rim protector, definitely a game changer at the rim. You notice him out there. He is a presence. He changes a lot of more shots than he blocks. So uh, a really a really odd stat line there. Uh, Isaiah Briscoe, nine points, three for seven shooting, three assists, four rebounds. Um, he played really. He played much better Friday. He's really slithery. I, I I really like how he fits into gaps and 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 drives the drives the lane and is able to finish at the basket. Um, you can tell he's still a little rough around the edges, though. Not the best shooter in the world. He will hit the open shot, um, but uh, I, I really still like. I, I'm really intrigued by him. You can see what the Magic like in him. He's long. He's a good defender. Um, that's obviously a good place to start. Troy Copain likely to get a two-way contract. I would I would say five assists, seven rebounds, ten points, five for eight shooting, zero for three from beyond the arc. Hit hit a couple long jumpers though. Um, Troy Copain, again, kind of what's been advertised. He's a little bit more of a traditional point guard than Briscoe is. Uh, and I still really like the kid. I'd like to see him get a two-way contract and get an opportunity, but we will see about that in the long run. Um, other guys, not a lot of other guys of note. Again, Orlando's offense, really not the greatest. Wessel Wundu, 10 points, 1 for 6 shooting, 8 freight from the foul line. Uh, a Wundu, I would say this about a Wundu. Um, we haven't talked haven't talked or, or, or watched a lot of him closely, but... Iwandu's really good defensively. He like like Isaac, although he's not the kind of elite defensive player that Isaac is. He knows positioning. He knows how to keep guys in front of him. Uh, he does a really he does a really good job at that. He's good at knowing when, generally knowing when to dig in and, and try and swipe at the ball uh, and double. He he generally knows how to get back out to his man after he does so. The the biggest thing with him is he 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 got baited into to going for a few steals and got caught out of position that way. Offensively, he's still a little wild. Um, I, I wouldn't trust him to make take, make to any shots or drive to the basket quite yet. Um, so his offensive value still a little bit limited. You know, he's good on the ball. He's good with the ball in his hands. He can dribble, and so he's not completely um, useless or completely uh, there. But he struggles a lot, I think, with his shots still, and that's going to be the big thing for him, obviously, as as we all know. So the Orlando Magic improved to 2-0 at Summer League with an 86-56 win over the Memphis Grizzlies. They'll play the Phoenix Suns at 9.30 on Monday night. We'll have a complete recap of that game on Tuesday's episode of Locked On Magic. That was not, of course, the only thing that happened over the weekend, and, and so we do have to talk about the trade. The Orlando Magic surprisingly getting involved in a three-team trade with the Charlotte Hornets and Chicago Bulls. They trade Bismack Biombo to Charlotte. Charlotte trades Julian Stone to Chicago. Orlando and Orlando trades two second round picks to Charlotte. And Orlando receives 
Jerry and Grant from the Chicago Bulls and Timofey Mozgov from the Charlotte Hornets. This deal is a relatively minor deal. I mean, I think everyone's everyone is definitely excited and intrigued by it because it gets rid of Biombo, who's the worst contract on the team. No offense to Biz, it's not his fault. He's got two years left at seventeen million dollars per year. He was gonna probably be in the way a little bit of Mobamba. Um, the Magic obviously still, I think, have a little bit of a logjam at center with Nikola Vucevic still there, and and I think the Magic should try and play Ken Birch. That's just my opinion. Um, but uh, the Magic wanted to move off Biombo, and they did. They they did. They just did. They did what they had to do. And I think what's really important about this deal is 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 Jerry and Grant. Orlando wanted some help at point guard. They wanted a guy who could fill that position, and they found it. Um. Now. Is Jerry and Grant going to be a starter? No. Uh, he, he was a part-time starter in Chicago, about 20 games. Averaged around 8 points per game. Still a bit of a tweener offensively, positionally. He's still a little bit more of a scorer than a distributor. Average around, again, average around 8 points per game. Um, really kind of play at Notre Dame. Uh, played more on the ball as a scorer. Um, so he's got to try and drive and, and create that way. Um, not much of a shooter, but roughly a, a low 30% shooter um, in, or in low 30s as, as far as a three-point shooter in his three-year career. Um, but obviously, Orlando needs a point guard. They've got DJ Augustin, who's a solid veteran, but no one really sees him as a potential starter. And so they they moved off Biombo and got in return a similar contract. Timothy Mozgov has paid $16 million this year, $16.7 million next year. So... A little bit less than than Biombo, but but still kind of one of those bad contracts that got that, that got spent in 2016. And they got a young player that that they could take a flyer on. And that's really what this deal is about. It's not about saving money. It's not about anything else. It's about the Magic wanted off Biombo. Moskov was the price for doing that, but they got a young player in return, a young player that they can try out and. You know, Grant does fit that profile that Jeff Weltman and John Hammond seem to like. He's six foot three with a six foot seven wingspan. They think that he can be a good defender. He hasn't proven that quite yet in his time with the Knicks or with the Bulls. Um, but he obviously fits that position of need. And so, you know, maybe the plan right now is to go with DJ Augustin as a starting point guard and hope that Grant can fight in there or Briscoe can fight in there. Maybe the plan is for Grant and Briscoe to play out who gets the backup point guard minutes. It's not entirely clear right now. And obviously, I think the Magic are still searching for a long-term solution at the position. They haven't found that yet. But this deal, you know, it it, it makes sense if you like Jerry and Grant or if you think, okay, the Magic are taking a fire on a young guy. That's what this deal is about. It's not about Mozgov. I, I don't anticipate Mozgov will play very much. It's not even really about Biombo. It's he's a difficult contract to move. They moved off him. They got they did something to move off him and, and honestly got something of value. So if we're looking at it from that perspective, the Magic did a good job here. Getting something of value, something intriguing at least, in trading Biombo. Now 
whether that thing of interest will actually help the team or, or, or develop in anything, that's a bigger question. And it seems like Orlando is hoping that their environment, that their system, that their the, the beginnings of their culture at least, will give Jerry and Grant that opportunity to grow. He played pretty well for the Bulls, especially late in the season. He had about eight points per game, up to, to nine or ten when he started when he was a starter. So again, it's it's a small deal. It's not a huge deal. It's not earth shattering. It's 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 probably not even the last thing the Magic will do. I think I think a lot of people are like saying, "Oh, that's it. The Magic are done." I'm like, no. Trade season is still open. There's still a lot that can happen. I think an opportunity here came to Orlando where they could get something of value and move off Biombo's contract. And you know, if Grant doesn't work out, then they save a little little bit of money on Moskov anyway. But that's the reality of, of what happened here. What really happened here, Orlando wanted a point guard. They found a, an interesting young point guard, at least. And they moved off one of their bad contracts. Now, they did bring back in another bad contract, but that's the price of doing business. And so, it's, it, it's probably a minor deal. I think, I think everyone, who, everyone who's trying to read more into this than there is, I, I think you should stop that, personally. It's... It, it, it's an interesting deal in that we don't really know what Jerry and Grant is yet, but we're pretty sure he's not going to be the long-term solution either. Well, that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Magic, as well as like us on Facebook at Locked on Magic. You can follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at OMagicDaily. The Orlando Magic Daily mailbag is going to open up pretty soon, so send me your mailbag questions. You can do that on Twitter at OmagicDaily or by email at OmagicDaily at gmail.com. I want to answer your magic questions, especially as this offseason begins to wind down. We'll be back again tomorrow with a complete recap of the Orlando Magic's game against the Phoenix Suns as the Magic finish up preliminary play in the NBA Summer League. They'll start the playoff round shortly after that, so we'll get excited for that for some playoff Summer League action. Magic looking at a pretty good seed, especially if they could beat Phoenix on Monday. But that's going to do it for me. I want to thank you all again for listening. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossenreich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.